What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Larry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another fascinating edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. We're going to go really fast here because we've got Evan Grant on the ground, we think. We don't think he's gone wheels up yet. Evan, you're on a plane. Are you in the cockpit? Uh, no, Barry, I am not in the cockpit. Are you in first class? <laughs> you that, are. You're, you're sitting in first that, class. That's between me and the people who are rubbing my feet right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got David Moore with us today. Uh, so it's, it, it's a packed house in here. Uh, so, Evan, tell you us. You let Kevin back in. Uh, yeah, that's true. I was on vacation last week. It was great. I can't tell you how much more rested I feel having not to deal with you two guys. You saw Hamilton probably. last week, didn't you? I did in not New York? see Hamilton. Those, you, those tickets were $1,100 for the cheapest one. So what did you see? We saw School of Rock. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was nice. Then the guy that was nominated uh, was uh, actually uh, was playing, so that was great. Uh, <laughs> he didn't win. Okay. He, he didn't, didn't win. win. But he didn't win, but that's okay. Hey, he was nominated. That's all that matters. All right, Evan, this series with, uh, with the Mariners, uh, there was some really good things that happened and some a couple of really bad things and the, we'll start with the bad thing what's the update on you darvish well he's um he's back in dallas and i'm pretty sure he did fly first class um uh, he is getting looked at by keith meister uh monday and um they'll get they'll get some kind of update you know i think the rangers are still operating like this is uh, basically a, a, a minor um issue and uh the Maybe he misses one start. Maybe he just misses uh, uh, two to be precautious and, and, and give them some roster flexibility for the next 10 days. But, uh, precautious? I like Are you making up words on now? <laughs> Is he precocious or cautious? I'm trying you know, there's nothing like working with people who work with words for a living. Evan, Evan, what, Evan, what is your what does your gut let tell? Me, what is Evan, 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 Evan? What does your gut tell you about you, Darvish? What does deep? What does your gut tell you? My gut tells me he's going to be out two weeks because of their their desire to be precautious. <laughs> and they're, so they're going to backdate this whole 15 day disabled list, right? Yeah, I think you backdate a DL till um, till next to, to Thursday, uh, the day after his start, and. Uh, he would miss. He could miss as few as two starts, and, and that just gives them some roster flexibility, which they really need right now because of uh, the situation with Beltre. They need some some depth in the bullpen. If Cesar Ramos is going to start tonight, uh, they've got Sinchu Chu coming back. They, they've got a lot of roster decisions here, and they've got they've got a roster that doesn't doesn't fit all that well together. But they're making it work, and and I just don't know that they can. They can afford to carry a guy who's got to miss a full turn through the rotation. When, when was the last time you saw a catcher come into pinch run, as uh, Chirinos uh, did the other day? It, it's it's been a long time, but uh, that's basically the situation they're in right now. They value these three catchers. They'd like to try and hold on to them as long as they possibly could, uh, and it, it, it limits the bench a little bit more. But uh, look, I mean, the thing is, he was pinch running for Prince and. and no offense to Prince, but just about anybody is going to be something of an upgrade. And I will say, to be to be completely serious, that 
as catchers go, Chirinos and Brian Holiday both run pretty well. All right, first of all, let's say this. Tell the pilot to shut up. You know, we don't need to be hearing from him. Where do the people next to you think? <laughs> Ask them. Pass the phone around, would you? Uh, and, and secondly, you bring up you bring up Prince. And there was something that happened in that uh, series last week in which he went uh, completely different in his, in his approach at the plate. Uh, this is really good. It's good to know what's happening on the plate. Uh, is that... He, He's going to just hang up here in a second. He went without uh, a toe tap. He went without anything and, and really suffered in that one game where he had to do that. But then after that, it really seemed to have a positive impact on, on his uh, hitting. He did it for two games, Kevin. In the first game, he had two hits. Now, I don't know that they were tremendously well-struck hits. And in the second game, he, he struck out three times, and then he, he put that away. But the way Prince explained it to me, he was using that almost just as a, a method to, to get away from his traditional toe tap because he was he was basically just trying to, for lack of a better term, erase some of that muscle memory and erase some of that that timing that he had gotten into. And uh, you know, if you look at it, it looks like he's he has borne out some results. He's had two home runs in the last week. He he hit a ball. Um, uh, hey, the home run he hit on Saturday night with, with two strikes in the ninth inning. Was as big a home run as the Rangers have had hit all year, and not just a home and, run, a uh, significant home run. It was a significant home run. Then they were precautious about how he ran around. <laughs> yes, they were precautious. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do think that you know you look at both him and Mitch Moreland, and and there are positive signs in the last week. Again, when you've got guys hitting at two hundred or below, anything that that, that, that results in in a positive out, uh, a positive result is a uh, is a step in the right direction. Evan, uh, we, knowing that you could be leaving us at any moment, you could go dark at any moment. Wow, I, 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 that's a bad way to put I, that. I, I just want to ask this question, Adrian Beltre. What 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 does your gut tell you about him? My again, my gut right now is look, you've got you, my gut tells me a lot of things. Why do you keep there? referring to his gut? Is have you, you have you ever met Evan? That, Evan's gut is Evan. Evan, what does your gut tell you? Uh, whatever that means, Barry, I have no idea. <laughs> but what my my gut is telling me right now again is, uh, you know, I know how valuable Beltre is to this club, but he's he's going. I, I expect he's going to miss today too because he didn't do anything yesterday, and so that's going to be five days. It's my and, and, and and again with this uh, with this roster. It's really hard to carry guys who aren't playing. Plus, uh, at 37 years old and with a hamstring, my, uh, I guess because I'm a coward, I tend to look on the precautious side of things. And um, I'd, I'd rather backdate that to, you know, put him there, let him sit another 10 days. And, and it gives you an opportunity to continue playing pro far every day. He's done nothing but perform. It gives you a chance to continue to get Moreland and Fielder at bats when they feel hot or that when they, they appear to be getting hot. And I, I think in the long term what it does is it preserves Beltre where he doesn't necessarily have to manage that hamstring as much as he's had to manage injuries over the past couple of years. You know Evan, this, this is David Moore, the Dallas Morning News. Do you mind if I ask you a question very quickly before Kevin no. intrudes on the conversation <laughs> again? Go right ahead, David. It's a pleasure to hear you. <laughs> you, too, you too, Evan. You know, Get a room. Can you yeah. talk about even with the questions we just talked about, you Darvish and, and Adrian Beltre, and the questions as far as when they will be back? Even with those two unresolved issues at the moment, how much different 
of field does this Rangers team have going into this series in Oakland than they did three weeks ago when they went in there? Yeah, well, you know, I think they had a good feeling when they went into Oakland last time, but I, when they came out, it was a, uh, it was not a good look. They had, they had been swept there, and, and the, the bullpen situation had finally come to a head, and they had to make some changes there. And, and you know, if you look what they've done since they left Oakland, it is a completely different team. So the, the back of the bullpen has been settled with, with Bush, Deepman, and Dyson. And when those three guys have pitched in, in games together, I think this team is 8-0. And they've got a ERA of under one together. Um, and so that's been a big lift. Uh, you started it, you got Profar up here in deep form. Um, we've seen some, some degree of... of coming out of it for Mitch Moreland and Prince Fielder. Uh, and at least for, for, for 10 days, they had Hugh Darvish here. We'll see if that lasts long term. But this is, all they've done since Oakland the last time was go 17-5, and five, won every series that they've played, and taken a one-game deficit in the American Midwest and turned it into a five-game lead. And, and I, you know, talking to these guys on Sunday after the game, there is a, there is a real air here that this team knows it's very, very good. Uh, it's very confident. But what also stands out to me is as much fun and as confident as they are, they do seem very much locked into doing even the smallest things necessary it takes to win baseball games right now. They're getting everything right, and there's no question about that. But if you watch that game yesterday and you watch the meltdown of the of the bullpen at the very end uh, in which they were bailed out by the right fielder on a, on a great play, and, and, of course, you could always count on uh, Robson Cano probably maybe coasting a little bit out of the box there that kind of helped that play a little bit. Uh, but still, that was a meltdown. And I, and I think, to me, this is the, the one significant area that John Daniels needs to improve this team is that if he's going to make a big, splashy move sometime around the deadline in the next month or so, it'll be to go out to get a, a, a closer. Uh, and not somebody just to add to the bullpen, but somebody to, to finish it. Well, Kevin, once again, you're wrong. But that's, <laughs> that's what we've come to expect from you. Sure, um, go ahead. Listen, I, I, I think that what factors in yesterday is the fact is, is that uh, Sam Dyson leads the American League in back-to-back outings, and he's been really, really good. But you cannot continue to run this guy out there day in and day out without giving him breaks. And and, and I think that that had some effect yesterday. And, and there's going to be days when when closers have kind of um, have have rocky outings. And it wasn't just the closer though. The Digman didn't look so hot either. Well, and that was the first time in three weeks that he'd had any trouble whatsoever. But that's okay, Kevin. I mean, I know you're, you're perfect. <laughs> well, it was kind of a it was he kind was of a watching key School of Rock last week. It was kind of a key situation when you you hit a guy on O two and then you walk the next guy on four pitches, both of which forced in runs. That, that oh, those are kind of key situations to have a, a meltdown. There's no there's no question that he was not sharp yesterday, and I also think that there's every there's every reason to believe that this team could use some more depth in the bullpen. I think they feel like they've got most of that depth in house. They feel like they're going to get Keone Keller back at, uh, by the All Star break, and and they may get Tanner Shepard at some time in August. Could they use another piece of the bullpen? Yes, I think they could. Would I be willing to give up a major piece for that bullpen arm, even if it was Andrew Miller or 
you know, in a dream scenario, Dylan Batonsis? No, I don't think I would. I, I think if I'm going to give up a major piece, and the only major piece I think I'm willing to give up right now is, is going to be is going to be Gallo, based on the way Pro Farm Lazar has performed. Then you know it's got to be for it's got to be for a starter. And depending on what happens with Darvish, what happens or what happens within the next month, I mean they may they may need to get a, a another legitimate starter to slide into the middle of that rotation. Well, and isn't that the issue that that's going to take prominence over the the the, the back of the rotation, if you will? The back of the bullpen. Yeah, yes. I, I yeah. think that I, I think that it's still going to be a starting pitcher that's most important to this club over. Over a bullpen piece, I think they've got. I, I think they can add a bullpen piece with more of a less. It may not be the sexiest name that's on the market, but I think they can add an effective bullpen piece. And look, they did a really good job last year of adding two big bullpen pieces at the deadline that I don't think many people thought were were, were the top guys on the market at that point. And, and so I think they can they can add those guys. I just think that uh, they're not going to go out and and trade for the guy who is going to carry the highest premium. Uh, Ervin, are you on an American Airlines flight? Uh, this is an American Airlines code share, Barry. Um, I'm on an Alaska Airlines okay, flight. Okay, so, so you're on a, so I don't know why we were worried that you'd be taking off on time. We have plenty of time. Wow. I just, I just there's this shot. We've only been delayed by two hours at this point. <laughs> you no, know, that's that's uh, that's right within the the play and the and their schedule. And, I, and I'm sure when you get to Oakland, uh, you, your luggage will will be somewhere else as well. <laughs> oh wow, lots of shots there. All right, uh, listen, I, I l- let me ask you this about AJ Griffin. Uh, his last his rehab start did not go well. Is that correct? Didn't have great command. Used up a lot of pitches in in, in two and a third innings and. They had been hoping for four, and he only, he only pitched two and a third, and so I think that there's going to have to be a couple of more rehab starts there. Yeah, and, I, and to me, he was he was an issue because he was pitching so well before he got hurt, um, and I think he, he raised legitimate questions about whether he deserved to be in the rotation over over someone else, so over you know if it was going to be Martin Perez, if it was going to be Derek Holland. And now both of those guys have been performing pretty well lately. So I I, I feel like that there 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 could be enough here. Uh, uh, let's let's say you Darvish is only going to be out, only going to miss one or two two spots in the rotation. I I don't feel like the rotation is going to going to be a, a need this time. I think there's enough depth there uh, probably to get them through. Have have Evan have we have we written off Sean Tollison for the year? Not for the year. And I, I mean I I think the the closer situation is. is not going to be something that he goes back to this year, but uh, it, it's been a rough start for Sean, and, and there's been a lot of things that, you know, Friday night's game for him was just another example of guy just, once again, ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time, and, and it kind of summed up how his year has gone. But um, I don't think you go, you know, bullpens are fickle, and reliever seasons, seasons are fickle, but this guy was really, really effective the last few years, and, and I think he's going to have a stretch this year where he he contributes to this team. Um, to Kevin's question, I, I, I think that I, I think you could win this division with the rotation that you got and, and, and mixing and maxing for, for one of those spots. But even with Darvish, I think if you could, if your goal at this point is going to be winning the World Series, and I think you're going to want a number three starter that can go with with Darvish and Hamill uh, to kind of guarantee you. Um, uh, pitching advantages in every game of a of a seven game uh, playoff series. You don't you don't think 
right now as it is, let, let's say they don't make an addition, who would be that number three at the end of the year? Well, Colby's pitching really, really well right now. I, I'd say uh, 11 quality starts, right? Leads the league? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got 11 of 13 outings of quality starts. I, I, you wonder, again, with a guy who's 37, you wonder if he can keep that up. Um, and I I think the stewardess just looked at me very angrily to turn off that. <laughs> That's stuff. flight attendant, by flight the way. <laughs> and I can't believe it was the first time she's looked at you that way either. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so she was actually looking at me nicely, but now I think I, I, it's kind of serious. Do you have so, to go? Uh, yeah. I, I better go. So uh, maybe, great podcast. Well, maybe they'll do something different. Maybe they'll, they'll say, we can't take off now because we have to change the crew. That's an, that's another favor of mine. Wow. We're cruising cruising okay. overtime. Don't get him in trouble. I'll let you, I'll let you guys go now. Bye, Evan. <laughs> Evan. Bye. bye. No, when I, when I said. When, See, I, now I, we I can really want, talk I, baseball. I just want to clarify something. When I said Evan's gut, I meant Evan's gut. Yeah, is, is I, I got mo- it. But he didn't get it, and he, I think he was offended by that. Well, and you know, coming from a guy who's I don't not think he exactly was. I think he definitely spelt, was. I, I'd say probably he did resent that. A you know, bit. I like this podcast a whole lot better last week when Kevin was online <laughs> you know, try, trying to get him to have the same sort of a school, response as well. School, school, of, school of Rock. Come on, you were in New York. How many times are you gonna be in New York on Broadway? You couldn't spring for Hamilton tickets for eleven hundred dollars a piece. No, I couldn't. You could have gotten in for eight hundred. Here, here's what. Yeah. Here's what. Here's what yeah. you should have done. You should have bought two. Sent you, you were there with two of your kids, is yes, that right? You said correct. both of them, you could have stood outside. Uh, I would have been willing to do that, uh, but not for $1,100 a piece. Because I had already paid $160 a piece for our baseball tickets. Yeah, he, he paid 160 Wow. Did you go buy three tickets? No, Madeline couldn't go. She was Madeline was working the, the, the design awards on that Monday night. Very nice. Yeah, so so you spent time. $320 on Yankee tickets. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. But yeah. anyway, they, I tell you, they were fabulous seats. Good game. <laughs> Uh, it was a great game, as a matter of fact. Three home runs by the Yankees won it. Do they do they play in a dome stadium in New York? They do not. They don't need one. There. They don't need one. They don't need one there. It was it was nice. I will say this: I was I was unimpressed with the food selection there at uh, at Yankee. That's stadium. an insult to Jerry Jones, isn't Jerry Jones and uh, and the, our mayor Mike Rawlings, who also yes part he, of that legends he's, group. He's part of that. Mike Rawlings is part of that legends group. Well, too? except when he became mayor, he excuse, excused himself from the management. Component but of he, legends, but yeah, but him and Jerry Jones were part and, of that, and the Yankees are part of that. So you Yankees said that, and that was an outright insult to Jerry Jones. Insult. I know. I know food, and it was no good. It was. It was. It was really the selection was not that great. The concourses there are not great in the that concourse. Stadium. You know, when we were there and the Rangers were playing the Yankees in the uh, ALCS a couple of years ago, I thought the food selection was outstanding. Really, down the left field line. We did not go. Le- well, we did not go left field line. We went right field line. Oh, maybe we should have gone well. left field line. But that, the, here's well. the thing: the concourses were very small there. I was I, surprised. I have, a, I have a question. I was thinking about this driving in today because I got here on time while I was waiting for you guys. No, no, I was here on time. Thank you, David. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but he, but he, here's my question: If you were starting a baseball team, if you were starting a club, and you could have one player from the Rangers current roster, who would you take on the roster on the forty man right now? On the forty man right now, you're starting a team. Who would you take? Well, I mean, you know, if you're gonna, if you if, if you're talking about a guy to to, to build with, I mean, there's a he, he's probably not gonna be here in a couple of years. You take you Darvish. You, you you take the pitcher first. You take you Darvish, the sore the sore armed uh, pitcher. Well, he's not sore. I mean, you you're, you're assuming he's gonna be okay. Okay, I'll ask David that question so now. Young. Maybe he'll come up with a good answer. So. You're going to go through and then get to pick again, right? All the teams pick, and then you come well, back I and you wanted, get your choice. Yeah, okay. I would go Mazzara. Really? 
Well, I think I, I thought I, I thought Kevin was going to say Rugi. I really thought Kevin was going to say Rugi. Well, I, I think between Rugi and, and Mazzara, for position players, if yeah. you're talking those no, guys, but one, yeah, okay. You know, you would you would take one of those. Uh, I I tell you what, right now uh, we're talking about who's valuable to this team, and he's and he's older, and you wouldn't do that because you you want a young guy to start off with. I think Ian Desmond. You know, I, I tell you that that, that he is an at un- the moment, yeah, the he moment. is an unbelievable story in baseball for a guy. To do what he has done, his career, you know, if you look at his numbers, uh, his last few years, you know, uh, three, was it two years ago, 2014 was his last really good year. But in 2013, 2012, I think 2012 is when he was an all-star. Phenomenal numbers, especially for a shortstop. And then you look, uh, his strikeouts went up almost exponentially. You know, he was was almost doubling his strikeouts to where he was was just a, a strikeout machine. And his production was going down accordingly. And there was some thought that maybe this was all because of uh, his defense at shortstop. He was not playing very well, and he was taking it, you know, to his at bats, and so there was a, a a problem for him. And he was willing to take this uh, situation as an outfielder. He knew he couldn't play shortstop here, and was willing to try to do something to kind of kickstart his career. And 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 what everybody says about him is that first of all, a really smart guy, uh, and and secondly, a really great team guy. If you watch him in interviews, he's terrible. Uh, you know, he just says what he has to say and gets out. He's not a bad guy. He just doesn't want to. He, he's not looking for attention. He's purposely, not for purposely terrible. Uh, almost, Tony, almost purposely. Tony Romo like purposely terrible. Yeah, except for Tony, just because he doesn't want to do it. I think Ian just doesn't want to, to uh, draw attention to himself. Uh, and uh, and and so I think that's one of the reasons why he's becoming so popular. But to go from a guy. There were all these questions about him playing left field, and I really didn't think it was going to be a problem for him because he was such a good. I mean, he was he was a, a decent shortstop. He's such a good athlete, uh, and 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 a guy who wanted to work really hard. At it. I thought he'd be okay. It's not like putting you know Mike Napoli out there. So, but then to go from there to go to center field, and if you're if you're watching the game yesterday and you hear Tom Greaves say by the end of the year, I think he'll be considered one of the top center fielders in the game. You know. Now that that might Defen- be li- defensively, defensively, yeah, yeah. He, well, offensively, good. for that matter, he's okay. he's gonna he's hitting three. What he's hitting three ten now, uh, three oh seven, something like that. It, it, his numbers now, after such a horrible start, his numbers now project that he's gonna hit twenty five home runs. He's gonna drive in a hundred runs or more, and he's gonna he may score a hundred runs. He can't keep this up, can he? I don't know why not. He the way you know one of the things you remember when C.J. Nitkowski was on with us, and he talked about uh, he he was a teammate. You know, yes, you don't yes, remember this. He was a yes I remember well, Then that. why were you giving me that look like, oh, my gosh, what's he talking about? He talked about Ian Desmond, and, and I said, we were talking about the fact that Desmond looked like he was pulling off the ball when he was hitting, and he says, no, 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 the Ian Desmond I know is a guy who hits to all fields and hits to all fields with power, and that's what he's doing now. And you rolled your eyes when he said that. I, I remember not. That. I did not. But, you know, there's a lot of people who felt like that he was uh, never going to get back to what he was before and I, I got to tell you, I think that uh, offensively he's better than he was before, and defensively he covers a lot of ground. Uh, you know, he's uh, and he gets rid of the ball really fast, and that's one of the unusual things for him as an outfielder. He throws like an infielder. You know, he puts the ball right at his ear, and he gets a very quick release out of it, and he's and he's <laughs> and he gets rid of it before he even positions himself sometimes, just because he's trying to cut down that step. So all star. You know, well, they don't. They don't have anybody in the running for the All Stars now because uh, you know, the Rangers fans yeah. don't get out and vote like well, that. Well, it's it's funny because they could be the team with the best record in the league at the All Star break. Well, and that's one of the things you look at this team. All right, who is the best player on this team right now? I'm not talking about potential or anything. Who's the best player on the team right now? 
It, well, it probably is Ian Desmond. But I'd say it's between him and, and Mazzara. And, the throw he made Mazzara's throw and what he's done, yeah. The thing about Mazzara that's really surprising to me is that, you know, I'd never seen him play. i just seen him in spring training, that's all, uh, is that um, everything you heard about him was he was a, a maybe a minus outfielder. Not not just an average outfielder, but maybe just a minus one. Because, you know, they everybody said – he he played right field primarily in the minors. He played a little bit of left, but primarily played right field. But everybody said, but he's not really a right fielder. You know, he'll probably have to play left field in, in the in the big leagues. And he comes out and he's been nothing but great. He does scare me the way he catches the ball, though. He 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 goes. He makes those one hand jabs jabs. That's what him. everybody does. No, no, no one catches the ball. No, no, it's, it's like boom. But it's it's like he it's he like flips nah, he's, his wrist here's what I like about him. He he looks like an outfielder. He looks like a ball player. Is what well, like. you know, you, it was like when Ken Griffey played. What one of the things you loved about Ken Griffey in the outfield, senior is or that, junior, uh, either one, but, okay. but I'll take junior, uh, is that he he always moved so gracefully to the ball, and he always knew where the ball was. You never saw a situation where he was having to run really fast at the last second to catch up because he'd misjudged something. And that's one of the things that Mazzara is doing. He gets to the ball where he needs to be, and and he is always seems to be in control. He plays the outfield, frankly, just like he approaches uh, his at bats. You know, when he stands up there at the plate, he covers so much of the plate so well that it just it, it's mind blowing for a guy who's twenty one years old to be able to do all these things so well. Because you watched yesterday, uh, Odor, who is to me the other, you know, if you're talking about all right, who, who, who am I going to pick? Well, Odor would be one of them. Um, as as terrific as he is, yesterday he struck out I think four times. You know, a terrible day for mm-hmm. him. And and you watch his at bats; he's extremely aggressive, and he will wail away at pitches he shouldn't sometimes. But Mazzara doesn't do that. Mazzara, or even Profar, there was a situation yesterday. We had runners in scoring position. There was a there was a pitch on the outside. Sunday, let's Sunday. Okay. Excuse me, yeah, uh, and, and the pitch on the on the outside of the plate, and Profar swung it and tried to pull it instead of instead of just going with it to right field. That's what Desmond would have done. Desmond would have gone to right field with it. That's what Mazzara would have done. Mazzara has shown that he will go the opposite way, and that is so advanced for a guy his age to not only be a guy who hits with power like he does, uh, but also a guy I'm going to go to left field. If the pitch is on the outside, I'm going to go to left field with it. And that's just so impressive uh, for him. That being said, though, and we talked about Desmond and and Mazzara, but Profar realizes a shorter sample size here. But I I don't – I can't – it's difficult for me to imagine they would be where they are right now with a five-game lead in the division if Profar hadn't come in and done what – can you argue that Desmond or Mazzara has had a bigger impact over these last 20 games than Profar? Pro, Profar, I, I like to call him as, as I, the Curacaoan army knife. He's like a Swiss army knife. He, he can do anything for you. You play first, now he's playing third, he can play second. He, he's playing a lot of positions. He's playing too many now, and I, and I think. Well, we saw, but that's out that. of need. I mean, he, he absolutely he's filling in. He's, he's having to fill in for Beltre. He's made the Beltre injury uh, well, uh, palatable. But but but, Ooh, but, here, like but here's the thing about now. You, you, we saw him struggle with a, with a pop foul the other day and fall flat on his face. Uh, so that that wasn't good. And he's and he's. They've asked know, him to do too much. Well, I just, I think I just said that. Okay. And they're asking him to do too much, and that's and that's 
and we're seeing that now. We're also seeing the value of Adrian Beltre. And for everybody who's been trying to write him off and say, oh, let's put Joey Gallo over there, uh, you know, because, you know, he's this great prospect. Well, first of all, I think we've, we've seen Joey. I don't think he's really a third baseman. I think he's a first baseman, uh, first of all. Uh, but, but secondly, uh, Profar is not a third baseman either. You know, he, he's really a shortstop. Uh, he could play second base, but he's really – that's where his best value, his prime value is as a shortstop. And, I, and, I, and you're right about him. What has happened with Profar uh, to me is that he's restored uh, the confidence in his value. Right. It initially was in him, yes. Yes. You saw initially before. The, this is this is what everybody thought he was going to be. Yeah. Well, like, no, the, the number one prospect. He was I the number see. one prospect in all of baseball at one time. So we see that talent again, right? So we, we think he can do that. And the question is still the durability. Can he play a full season? He hasn't been able to do that. So uh, to me, that's why this is great that he's come up and he's played so well. But once Beltre comes back, uh, and 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 now that we're seeing. Prince, you know, starting to get his hitting stroke back, and you're seeing, although Moreland is much more of a streak hitter, uh, and so he's just going to do this kind of thing. I, I think they need to send uh, Profar back. Do you do you think the presence of Desmond do is he a must resign now? You know, it's a great question, and Thank I you. because he's I think I mean we look up his age. Why don't you look him up while I'm talking here? Yeah, I think he's I think he's 30 years old. He was uh, born September 20th, 1985. I don't know how old he is, but so that that born. would make him 31 then in September. Okay, uh, so uh, this is his last contract, and so uh, he's going to want a three or four year deal. I'm sure he's going to want a four year deal or five year deal. I mean that that's and and you know what. He may get that now uh, because of the way he's played. Because now he's played well enough, he can be a center fielder. He doesn't have to be a shortstop anymore. So do now, the, does Profar's future fit into this? You're talking about sending Profar back. You have to find a. Has Profar played to the point where you need to find him a spot? And they're not doing him in the outfield now, just because it's so close to coming back from the shoulder. But I mean, how how much is finding Profar a spot to move forward long term? How does that determine what you do with Desmond? Or maybe someone else. I don't think those are. Forward. I don't know those correlate because because the same thing I was talking about a while ago is that uh, Profar is a. He's an infielder. You feel. He's a shortstop. Well, he could play anywhere. He's very talented. Okay, but, you have but, a shortstop under contract for a while though too. So well, yeah. that's going to be my next that, point. I knew he, that's what he's getting to. But the the thing with with Profar is that the the numbers say he's probably a fifteen to twenty home run guy. Uh, you know, could hit. 280, 290, and those are really great numbers for a shortstop. Those are just pretty average, average. numbers for an outfielder, so uh, or even a second baseman. So uh, that's why they need to have him playing shortstop. My my point all along with Profar and, and Elvis at shortstop is that you send Profar down, let him play every day, and you show everybody that look, see, he can play every day, and and uh, and so it, there's no questions anymore about his shoulder or any of those kind of problems. He, now his value has been restored completely at the end of this season if he does that and performs well. Uh, and then at the end of the year, you make a call. You, you say, you, you shop, Elvis is having a good year. You shop Elvis around and you say, uh, we'll eat $8 million a year of this contract, or we'll eat $7 million a year, or you, you take as little as you can get. And then you just deal him. And then you, then you make profile your starting shortstop next spring, and uh, go, starting out the spring, and you, you just get from, for Elvis what you can. And then you're paying for your shortstop position, instead of paying $15 million a year, you're paying $8.5 million a year, and you're getting a shortstop with a higher ceiling, a guy with much more power than Elvis has, and probably just as good defensively. Okay, well, how much are you going to eat going forward? Because don't you assume at this stage you're going to have to eat some of Fielder's contract? 
well, you know, he's got, I think, four years left on his deal. Well, yeah. And so— uh, I'm talking how much can you eat in any one year and continue to go forward if well, you assume you're going to have to eat well, someone else's contract Well, you're eating well. Elvis's no matter what, right? You're paying $15 million a year through 2022. So if you're, if you're getting somebody else to pay $7 million of it every year and you're going to have Profar's making a half, going to be making a half million, a million, you know, his, it's going to be a while before his contract gets up there to where you'll be paying more than $15 million for your shortstop position. So I, I, I don't recall. What was your answer? Are you going to pay Ian Desmond to stay here or not? Well, we got distracted. Uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the year— Thank you for keeping us on point, thank Larry. You. The question, Great job. The question all fans are going to say is that Lewis Brinson should be the starting short, uh, center fielder next year. I think everybody's given up on Delano DeShields, uh, which is a, unfortunate because I think Delano's a, a very valuable piece. I, he's probably a fourth, fourth outfielder. outfielder. But, I, I, and frankly, I think they should put him in a package and deal him someplace else. I think it's unfair to ask him after he was a starter and a very effective player for him last year— to say, okay, now we're going to make you our fourth outfielder. I think he should, they should give him a clean start someplace else. But I think that the, the, here's the question. Not everybody's going to turn out like Nomar Mazzara did. And everybody assumes because Mazzara was so successful and because Profar was so successful that Brinson will – then he's next. Let's put him in. I don't think you can do that. All right, I'll ask David the question. Because, so, again, you're not answering my question. I, I had to set it up. Oh my God. I said the problem with the problem with uh, Desmond is that he's going to want a four or five year deal, and it's going to be a lot of money. He's making eight million dollars a year for a one year deal. He's now we're talking about him probably getting a, a deal in the range of seventy five to eighty million dollars uh, for for a total deal. I'm guessing after this year. Do the Rangers want to commit to that, David? What is he saying? Yes or no? He's saying no. I, I think when you look at the financial landscape and who you have in the farm system. Who, who are ready to come up, I don't know that you can justify that sort of financial commitment. Who is harder to interpret, what Kevin's saying or what Jerry Jones says? Oh, you, you just don't like At it because moment, I, Kevin, I, I give you some intelligence here. I actually get Jerry. Jerry, you go, the, you, you discard the first two to three sentences, <laughs> listen to the next two, take out the next two, listen to that next one, and then disregard the final three. And with Kevin? It's the two, one, I, two, there's two. There's no pattern. Oh, uh, <laughs> You know, I just hate that I had to educate you on this stuff. You didn't even know oh. who the outfielders were, you know. And, and so I had to tell you who they were. You know, you didn't even know what position most of these guys play. So I'm sorry I had to educate you on that. I do think, I, I do think they probably won. They, you know, they were, they were going to be happy with uh, Desmond if he had a good year, and then they were going to let him go, and then they were going to pick up the, the draft pick for him when yes. someone else signed him. So they were happy with that going in. They'd probably be happy with it going out. The, the, the caveat is that besides he just played so well, they really like him. He's just a, a really quality uh, person. Good guy in the clubhouse. Really good guy in the clubhouse. They like everything about him, and he likes it here. That, and, that, and I'm not saying he would give them a, a home team discount, but he really likes it here. So uh, those, are, those are all factors. He's not, nobody, that, that's, that's one of the great myths in sport, no matter what we're talking about, the home team discount, don't you think? For a guy who's been here one year. He's well, give, this is where he came back. And not even a year. He's, he's not Dirk. You know, yeah, Dirk, no. Dirk is the only. But he resurrected his career here. I mean, he was going. No, I mean, no one was going to sign him. He didn't have a place to go. He was. He was a, a former All Star shortstop with unbelievable numbers who is now out. You know, he was done, and uh, and they and he gave a. You know, and that, even that was still a lot. Eight million dollars is not a chump change. Uh, so I, I think it's. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting thing to see what they do. I think it'll. If, if Lewis Brinson looks like he's really progressing then you know then maybe they can do that uh, but we'll see 
All right, that looks like that's it. <laughs> Barry, Barry's tired of talking about baseball. <laughs> it's like a two-hour podcast. S- somebody, s- somebody, somebody has to keep us on schedule. Oh let's call. E- let's call Evan back. Oh, Kevin back. He's probably landed in I, Oakland I, I by don't now. Think, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess he's still on the ground in. in we, Seattle. We've done two podcasts in one hour. We've done. Uh, it's been a little more than an hour. What other podcasts have we done, Kevin? <laughs> We did one on uh, Baylor, essentially. We did a college, college podcast. With, with the great Kirk Bowles yes, of the Austin Statesman. Yes, that's right. And As he always calls it the Austin American. And then uh, and then we did uh, a baseball podcast, which we just finished talking about with Evan Grant. He was on the runway when we talked to him. And what else do we have today? Cowboys. With? David Moore. That w- That's the one I'm looking forward to. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Not the others. No. Well, it's the only one we have to do. It's the only one I can look forward to. Good point. Say goodbye, Barry. Goodbye, Barry.